0: It's usually the case when someone has the low drive, that shame has a major contributor or thing that's happening within them already because they already feel broken. They already feel like they're not a good enough spouse in some way.
1: Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, what to do if you're living in a sexless marriage.
0: Yeah, we're going to dive in the deep end of the pool here, because a lot of people struggle with this. Yeah. And we want to help them figure out what to do. Yep. All right, here All we go. Right.
1: Okay. You have your favorite hat on.
0: I have my favorite hat on. It it's must about be time. getting to be
1: fall, winter.
0: The official fall weather when I get to wear my hat in the morning. Yeah. Even though it's now, what, 930 and it's too hot and I got to take it off.
1: (laughs) Because it's supposed to be 92 degrees today. Yep.
0: But I have, you know, hat hair now. It was cold
1: this morning.
0: (laughs) Here's the question. Here's the question what do I do if I'm living in a sexless marriage? Mm. This is a huge one for a lot of couples because yeah. one person has a much lower sex drive than right. the other person. Right. Just they don't have as much desire and that can be caused by a whole bunch of stuff. But just the idea of a sexless marriage, what's your thoughts on that? What do you, what's the first thing that comes to you? in oh, mind when you think of that.
1: that. That's so hard. I think because oftentimes that sex piece that's missing kind of hits the core of whoever is missing out on it or right. for whatever reason, it kind of hits the core of who you are. Okay. It just makes you feel like you're not worth all that you should be yeah. or I'm not entirely sure how to word what I'm thinking.
0: So meaning if you don't get to engage in sex, if your spouse isn't attracted to you or your spouse isn't pursuing sex, it makes you feel less than or insecure.
1: Sex is such a core part of who we are. Right. It's not just about the act of sex. Right. It's about intimacy and connection. And when you're missing that piece, it makes you feel like there's something wrong with you. Yeah it's not just like if someone said, hey, you're dumb, you know, yeah, okay, whatever. It's at the core. Can you explain what I mean? Cause I can, it's <laughs> like, I can, I don't think I can like touch it hard enough. <laughs>
0: What I think you're saying is sexuality is part of our identity. And yes. when we are rejected sexually, it feels like we are being rejected in our humanity, in, yes. in Ex- our personness.
1: Thank you. I'm we so glad wanted. you can read me and understand. <laughs> Y'all out there might not be able to get me, but my husband does. And so thankfully he can translate.
0: And I think you're exactly right. I think that when we are rejected sexually... It feels different than just being told you're stupid or being rejected because someone didn't like your dinner or something didn't like something you said. Those are kind of more detached from who we are as human beings. Yes. When we're rejected sexually, it becomes just so unbelievably painful. Yeah. What do you do, though? What do you do if one person is genuinely just has a much lower drive and the other person takes it personally?
1: Yeah, that's a hard
0: one. Can you make the low drive person? Well, be high drive, be high drive. Let's, let's back the question up a little bit. What are the things people do to typically try to make the low drive, low sexual drive person be more high sexual drive? There's lots of stuff guys do and girls do because I want to be really, really clear here. This isn't just a male issue where the man always wants some and the woman is the one who's kind of cold and and, and detached and distant. That's not the case at all. I wanted to be really clear here that I've sat with a lot of couples who the husband has the low drive and the wife has the higher drive. So this isn't a male-female thing. This is a spouse-to-spouse thing. So let's be really, really clear about that. What I've seen happen is the high drive person starts to use all sorts of different tactics. They will start to use guilt. They'll start begging. They'll start... Manipulation. The biggest thing that happens is they start to see the other person as someone who needs to be fixed. You're broken. If only you would fix X, Y, or Z, then you'd be high drive again. So you've got to go get your testosterone levels checked. You've got to lose weight. You've got to exercise more. Right. You've got to you know look at porn so that your mind gets engaged sexually first. Right. And so you're broken and if we can just fix, fix you, you, then I'll be happy again and I get to have more sex. Right. Anytime someone is objectified in terms of the broken thing that's making the marriage bad. That does not go well. It's already... A bigger issue. Yes. There's a bigger issue in the relationship that needs to be dealt with. And it's really, 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 really hard for people to not do that for one spouse, to not do that to another spouse, to not make them the problem, right. to not see them as broken and trying to fix them in some way. Right, It requires a lot of maturity and emotional awareness and self-awareness on, on that person's part to say, this isn't helping the situation.
1: Right, Well, and especially if the person who has the low drive already feels that about themselves on the inside and maybe hasn't verbalized it and they're just, every time their spouse uh, does those things, it just validates even more this lie that they are broken.
0: Let's talk about that for a minute because I think that's really, really important. It's usually the case when someone has the low drive, that shame has a major contributor or or thing that's happening within them already because they already feel broken, they already feel feel like they're not a good enough spouse in some way. And you're right. The high drive person can either be aware of that and start to incorporate that into the conversation or can be ignorant of that and actually make it worse. Make yes. the low drive person feel even worse. Right. Now, let's be realistic. There are some people who have that low drive that shame is present there. They're embarrassed by it or they're just frustrated by it themselves but they aren't dealing with it. They aren't addressing it within themselves. And so they become defensive. And so it's like, deal with it. I have no desire to deal with this at all. And you got to deal with it as well. And so too bad for you. That defensiveness doesn't make things better either. It's really, really important for the low drive person to recognize a couple things within the relationship. Number one is marriage is the context that we're supposed to have Sexual freedom. Right. We're supposed to be able to engage sexually with another person and do that in a way that is mutually beneficial, that is mutually connective in some way. And when you deny that to another person, you don't leave them with a lot of options. And again, right. we're assuming you're coming from a moral worldview that says, I'm not getting this need met within my spouse, but I'm not going to go outside right, of the exactly. marriage. We are not condoning open marriages. We're not condoning multiple partners. That's not what we're talking about here. When you have the value system that says, I'm committed and have fidelity towards one other person, but that person's not meeting my needs in some way. That has to be uh, dealt with and addressed. Right, exactly. And you can't just say, too bad, deal with it, I'm not giving you what you want anymore for the next 20, 30 years of our marriage. Right. That's inappropriate and unhealthy in any relationship. So we have the shame thing that's going on within the low drive person usually. Oftentimes there can be a medical thing. So again, uh, hormonal imbalances uh, for a lot of women when they hit that season of life where they start to enter menopause and and their hormones get just wackadoodle.
1: (laughs) I think it's really interesting because you mentioned menopause, but for a lot of women even, it may for some men feel like, okay, you're talking about menopause now, but what about all the years that my wife had kids? and. So women go through a lot of ups and downs. because, biologically. Yes, with having kids and then if, you know, for a stay at home mom who uh, has four or five kids at home and is just with them all day and it's taxing physically, emotionally, all of that, it just like, Kind of up and down and up and down for a woman. So, but for sure, definitely coming into menopause and the hormones and all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, that's just challenging. Yes,
0: very much so. So there's a biological component that you have to be aware of. And again, you go to medical doctors to kind of measure those things out to determine what's happening. There is um, emotional issues. Again, the shame piece can be around there. I would say for a lot of couples, if it's not a biological thing and it's not emotional, meaning this isn't some sort of trauma that you've had in your childhood and now emotionally sex triggers something in you. And that's why you're kind of averse to sex in some way. That's reality. That can be for a lot of people where sex is actually triggering of trauma. But if that's not the case, I would say that the number one thing that I see that causes sexless marriages is the lack of connecting emotionally and vulnerability wise before connecting physically.
1: Yes. And sure. I
0: will go gender here wise. I keep using wise. I got to learn how to pick a different language here, <laughs> a different word. But I will say that for a lot of men who have not learned how to win your wife's heart over and connect with her emotionally first, it makes it much more difficult for her to connect physically or sexually with you Yes, if she feels disconnected in some way. And a lot of husbands are going, I don't want to put in that work. I don't want to take the time, energy or effort to learn how to woo my wife's heart, I just want to learn how to woo all of the squishy bits of her body and so that it makes her feel good and that makes me feel good. That is going to bite you in the butt every time. Let's take it out of the gender piece here. For couples that just don't have that emotional intimacy muscles developed in their relationship, if a wife is being detached from a husband and he's not emotionally connected to her because she's kind of distant in that way, then yeah, it's also going to be hard for him to become sexually aroused or engaged in the sexual experience, the physical experience between husband and wife. Right. It isn't always just one way. Again, right. Being really clear here.
1: But for women, it definitely is a huge deal because women's bodies don't arouse.
0: The same as way. quickly yeah. or
1: as easily as men's do yeah. and part of that arousal process is the emotional connection and yeah. the intimacy that comes exactly and so that definitely plays a huge part
0: there's a book i've seen it for a while now it's actually a really humorous book because it's like porn for women or something like that and in this book there's a husband who has his shirt off vacuuming the <laughs> vacuuming oh, the floor no. and another guy <laughs> in a standing in the sod up to pose washing the dishes or <laughs> holding the baby or all these things that, you know, it's a humorous book that, you know, this is, if you want to turn on your wife, oh my you goodness. arouse her, you know, do the dishes in the evening and, you know, you're going to get some of the, it's, it's a great book. We should find it somewhere and make that available.
1: That's funny. But
0: it has some truth to it. If you want to connect with your wife, understand the needs of your yes. wife emotionally and as a whole person, emotionally, physically, relationally, spiritually, and Sexually, right? your wife, your relationship isn't just one component, sex. And you have to broaden or widen your scope to have a healthy relationship, and therefore you'll have a healthy sexual relationship right. as well. Right? That's just a huge component that plays into it. And for the guys who are going, that sounds like too much work, that's just exhausting, and why is it so hard, and why can't she be more like me and just be turned on right away? that's not who you married. You didn't marry another dude, and that's an okay thing. You don't want that. You want a wife who is wired differently. But you have to now understand, because I chose to get married to this woman right here, I have to understand her needs, her story, her experiences, how she's wired as a woman, but also as this woman who has this story and this unique experience, and I'm gonna become an expert in who she is. And for wives, you get to do the exact same thing back to men why does he like this certain thing in a certain way not just sexually but you know just in general in life and when you understand a husband in that way now both of you feel loved and cared for and a natural expression of that is wanting to show that to each other in physical ways right
1: right and that goes for both regardless of who has the lower libido yeah
0: yeah, it's a fact of life that I've seen for years and years and years now in my office. People coming, you know, we want to have a better sex life. And it's like, great, let's talk about your communication. <laughs> and they go, that's not what we're here. Wait, we're talking what? about our sex life. And it's like, I understand that. But you guys don't know how to communicate. You guys are afraid to communicate. You're afraid to be vulnerable with each other. Yeah. So why do you think that that's not going to affect your sex life? Right. And they go, well, shit You're right. I hate that. And we actually deal with the root cause, not the symptoms.
1: Yes, exactly. So
0: that's what we're encouraging you to do on this podcast today: is to actually identify the root causes of why. There might be a lack of sexual connection between you and your spouse in some way and start dealing with that. Yes. If you are curious on how to start dealing with that, we have a couple programs that will walk you through some of that. But even if you don't take one of our programs, you might need to sit down and work with a counselor because you have to admit, wow, I'm not that good at this other stuff here. And that's probably getting in the way of, you know, our sexual relationship, but I'm going to own that. I'm going to take responsibility. I'm not going to make excuses for that anymore. Right. And so you got to sit down and do the work with a counselor, or if you don't want to do work with a counselor and you kind of want to do a DIY thing, then you can do that with one of our programs on securemarriage.com. We have kind of some short one hour programs. We have a more in-depth program that's about five hours long, but it gets to the root causes of all of these things that are causing some level of dysfunction in your relationship, whether it's sexually or emotionally or relationally. relationally. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Anyway, for the couples who are sitting in the middle of this, who are frustrated by this, who have gone round and round and round on this, we want you to hear, we want you to understand that there is ways to work on this. There is ways to solve this problem in your relationship, but this is probably the deeper end of the pool. You're going to have to do some of the hard work, and sometimes that's easier if you have a guide to kind of walk you through that. That'd be a counselor or a program to kind of take you through that rather than trying to figure it out on your own. Right. Right. Either way, there is hope. There's hope that you can actually make your marriage better in this area. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? I think that's it. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Your turn.
1: What's it called?
0: What to do if you're living in a sexless (sighs) marriage.
1: Okay. Can you make that bigger? I can. I should be able to remember it, but maybe just a little bigger.
0: That one? Just a little bigger. That's as big as it gets. It is. Well, if I can make it that big.
1: Thank you. That's great. 200%. We're good now. Okay.
0: Welcome (laughs) to. Is this thing called glasses?
1: (laughs) Well, they're somewhere. Okay. In the million places.